The trade deadline has come and passed for the Seattle Mariners, and they didn't do much. There's so much to talk about here in episode 19 of the Hit It Here podcast. Did the Mariners do enough at the trade deadline to make the playoffs? It's sad that Paul Seal is not a Mariner, but they get enough for him. But more importantly, Joe, how you doing? I'm good, man. I'm, I'm glad you I'm glad you still wanted to ask how I'm doing on this uh, day, a day of all days in 2023 Seattle Mariners history. You know, the deadline, we had a great, big, large stream, so I appreciate everybody that tuned in for that. That was incredible. Had a shockingly amount, a large amount of people there. We peaked at 560 viewers live, so that was really sick. So just thanks, you know, to everyone involved in the community. Sorry that they didn't uh, do anything very exciting. Yeah, the, the stream day. itself was pretty uh, anticlimactic, right? You're just mm -hmm. like sitting there waiting. waiting. At 500 and something people waiting, we're sitting there like, dancing trying to you know keep it going just give some give something entertaining because they're not doing anything yeah, yeah. um mayors did make one trade of course we're really not gonna we'll talk a little bit about it but overall we what we really need to discuss is did the mariners do enough should they have sold should they have gone more in on buying mm -hmm. there are a million different trains of thought and i am not going to give jerry depoto and justin hollander a pass on this don't get me wrong i'm not like i'm not gonna get too upset with them right i like i'm glad they didn't trade tasker hernandez for what we saw rental bats going for yeah like the fact that you were able to get a tommy fam for a complex league player why would we trade teo for that but in the same exact vein why did you not trade a complex player for tommy fam exactly we could have easily outbid the arizona diamondbacks for a guy that theoretically could have been added into our offensive fold almost immediately with Tommy Pham and hitting in the middle of your lineup. And so there, there are the trade for bats. There weren't many of them. There weren't a ton of bats to go around at this trade deadline. True. And that shocked me a little bit. Of course, you know, with Cody Bellinger, for example, the Cubs deciding to not sell. And in fact, buy mm -hmm. that took a bat off the market. The Padres were pretty quiet. So in there, terms there of were, selling, the Padres yeah. probably had some pieces that you could have sold off if you're the Padres, but they decided to kind of retool and buy a bit. So, yeah, I think what you're saying, just kind of getting to the point about it, is that there weren't a lot of premier bats on the seller's market or, you know, bats for people to buy. And that kind of handcuffed a lot of teams, it felt like. Right. And, I mean, the few bats that were available, like the Tommy Pham or, you know, the Heimer Condelario. Mark and Hanna mark canna what have you they didn't cost a whole lot i mean condelario obviously costs the most he's a third baseman whatnot mm -hmm. canna and fam you're looking at left fielders for or outfielders for the mets who are would sell you their kidneys if they needed to right now yeah so the options were there to make this team better offensively that's the problem that well there weren't a ton of options and maybe who's to say that jerry or justin didn't call the the Mets, the Mets were just like, no, we're not dealing with you ever again. No, yeah, Robinson Cano didn't work out. Sure, no, you never don't know. Call us. And there's, <laughs> it's not just the Mets that could have been available. Like you could have gone to the White Sox because they sold off Burger. You could have tried to go get Gavin Sheets in that same way. You know, there are players on these teams that are at the bottom of their divisions that you likely could have tried to go get a piece from. It's just with the way the market was looking, how are they, you know, willing to sell off their pieces? We don't know. The Nationals have accepted not to, you know, pretty close to Major League talent 
for Lane Thomas? Based on what we were seeing from their reports, no. But was the market fitting that way? Also, no. So it just wasn't a right match for the Nationals to sell Lane Thomas at this deadline. It didn't feel like to me, at least. And the interesting thing is, so the Mariners, they clearly weren't really buyers at this deadline. They yeah. didn't feel that they... They looked at the Seattle Mariners baseball club right now, a team that is, I think, I don't, I don't know what the standings are as of uh, Tuesday night, but they're three and a half games out of a wild card tied with the New York Yankees. They just lost a game to the Red Sox. So they're mm -hmm. three and a half out there, maybe five and a half out in the West. Doesn't matter. They looked at that team and said, no, no, that team is not worth buying pieces for. Yeah, we got, we got Dominic Canzone and we got Josh Rojas and you're going to be happy about it. Cade Marlowe is going to be patrolling left field for you for the rest of the season. And Canzone will be DH first base outfield guy for the yeah. rest of the season. Rojas will be the second baseman along with Jose Caballero. And that's the defense. Those are the offensive upgrades. And in their defense is Canzone and Rojas probably an upgrade. Yeah, I'd say, a, but a minimal one. And you're banking on those guys to figure it out. You're banking on Rojas to bounce back. You're banking on Cam Zone to stay hot after the last few weeks, but he has been pretty good. Mm -hmm. You're banking on Cade Marlowe continuing to hit. Yeah. You're also, the way that I look at this is that Jerry DePoto and Justin Hollander are banking on the fact that Teoscar Hernandez is going to figure it out. Ty France is going to figure it out, which he looks like he did in yeah. the second game against two, the Red Sox. Two doubles. And a hard hit single as well. Yeah. So, and you're banking that Julio's going to be better. You're banking on these guys being the players that they've been throughout their entire career, which is fine, I think, in a vacuum. Yeah. However, when you look at this team thus far this year, we've been banking on that. We were banking on Colton Wong to be the guy that he's always been. Banking on AJ Pollock to be the guy that he's always been. And they weren't. Yeah. And they weren't. And for the Mariners, why would you not go out and get someone right now, like a Tommy Pham, who is good right now, who fits this ball club? to make your offense immediately better mm -hmm. instead of banking and hoping that these guys figure it out. Yeah, I think you're 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 beating the right tune on that drum is that we're still waiting for the guys to turn it around. We still are playing that waiting game, that game that may never turn the corner of oh, Teo's not going to be a below 100 WRC plus guy for the rest of the year. Tie in the same way. Gino's power strokes going to come back. I'll be, you know, it is, you know, he's the one that feels like it's turning the corner, but, and, you know, Julio got on base again, extending his on base streak to 26 games, I think. So, you know, there's, there's things to like about it. It's just all those things falling in line. The likelihood of that, I would not want to, you know, bet the house on it. And that's what Jerry and Justin seemingly have done by not going out and adding to the offense in a meaningful way and relying on, Josh Rojas, who has had some, you know, lingering injuries, which understandably so, those can be nagging and harp on your baseball skills. And then Canzone, who has been a proven AAA hitter, and he's only had, what would it be now, 42 Major League at-bats? And yeah, sure, you can bank on that, and guys can come up and start hot out right out the gate. But it's never a guarantee. And I feel like going out and getting one of those bats that we've mentioned in the, you know, couple early couple minutes here, that that would feel more like a guarantee than Rojas or Canzone and wouldn't have cost that much in retrospect. And when you look at the thumbnail that we made for this podcast, the word embarrassing is, you know, just right there. And honestly, it is embarrassing that the yeah. Mariners did not try to go out and get one of these guys that make the team better right now. 
there's plenty of other moves that could have been made. You could still have kept Dominic Canzone and Josh Rojas on this roster and still gone and got a Tommy Pham and then either sent down Jose Caballero or mm-hmm. whatnot. That 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 was still there. The option is still there. Instead, you're relying on Dylan Moore, who we don't know really what is going on with his wrist right now, yeah. and Cade Marlowe to patrol left. You're basically relying on two platoons in the in, one one in the infield, one in the outfield. You did not add, you're relying on your strength, right? Which you traded away from, by the way, by trading Paul Seawald, which again, we talked about this a little bit before, but just one one final time. I absolutely adore Paul Seawald, what he did for this team, yeah. what he did for the community. He's a reliever. At the end of the day, he pitches once every couple of days. He's been good, sure, but the Mariners are really good at this. They turned a minor leaguer in Paul Seawald, a minor league non-roster invitee to spring training into Paul Seawald. And then he, they turned that into A, going to the playoffs, and B, <laughs> Dominic Canzone, Ryan Bliss, and Josh Rojas. Yeah. And the problem is, is that you traded away from your strength and you got maybe a little bit better offensively with Canzone and Rojas. It, mm-hmm. It's not a guarantee. It's marginal, yeah. So you are relying on your pitching staff to be lights out the rest of the year which that's how the Mariners are in this position in the first place is the pitching staff has been so damn good. Mm-hmm. Now you did, you got them no help. You got the pitching staff, absolutely no help in terms of, Hey, like for example, Bri- uh, Bryce Miller in the game against the Red Sox, you know, he didn't have it. Yeah. It is what it is. But flat. that it's a game that shouldn't have had to have played out that way. If you just had a competent offense and don't get me wrong. The Mariners' offense looked fine in that game, but they still, you know, Bayo struck out like 87 people. The umpire was bad. Yeah. But the first inning is the big glaring issue, right? You have the bases loaded with no outs. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's Ken Zone's first AB as a Mariner. I'm not going to overanalyze that one too much. Yeah. He tried no, to lift the ball, care. didn't get far enough out, whatever. Tie, strikeout, not great. And then was it Ford after him? I think. Yeah. Ford, Ford had an, an awful game. A, an abysmal game two against Boston. I would not be surprised if tomorrow, like going forward, Canzone plays more of a DH role and then Ford is more still like on the bench or like a reserve pinch hitter, you know, depending on Tom Murphy's playing. But yeah, I have not liked, I guess, the Mike Ford that we're seeing in the last couple of days. Mike Ford is regressing into the player that he's always been, which is another reason why you should have gone out and gotten players. Look, mm-hmm. yes, the Seattle Mariners failed their fans at the trade deadline. But I, there, there's no way to really spin it in a positive light. They didn't do enough. That that plain yeah. and simple. No beating around the bush. The Seattle Mariners didn't do enough. And Justin Hollander and Jerry Depoto even meant that I think the exact quote was, our process was good in the offseason, but the results were bad. For the trade deadline, the process was bad. Mm-hmm. Just straight up. The process was bad. We won't know that the results were good until – Dom Canzone and Josh Rojas do something for us or Ryan Bliss does something or they don't. And yeah. yeah, the the bright side is you've got, you know, a couple of years to figure that out and control with them. But if it doesn't pan out, that's definitely going to be a trade that people are going to look back on and be like, okay, that's where the regime may have gone wrong. And by the end of that time, maybe they're not in that front office position anymore. Mm-hmm. And I, I will be the first to admit that like, at the beginning of the year, I was all in on the moves they made in the offseason. I thought they did enough. Yeah, I, I really did. I felt like Pollock felt like a, a sound platoon with JK. Obviously, Jared starting off hot, 
takes detracts from that a little bit and Pollock can't get in a groove so be it if he ever did get into a groove would he have ever looked like the lefty mashing Pollock from before if I'm being honest it doesn't really feel like he looked that way this year Wong regressing to a awful career low it's just you it's hard to predict moves like that and regression like that in that in that way and it's not hard to predict it's impossible to predict exactly and I guess like if now we're looking at this and maybe it's going to turn into like a talent evaluation issue with you know Justin and Jerry in terms of offensive production if Canzone and Rojas also falter in a way it's just it's it's leaving a lot of people scratching their heads wanting more and with more questions than answers coming out of the best month and like best July in Mariners history yeah I mean, that's a good way to look at it. I and just, then going into the weakest month of the year for you. Exactly. Like you could have put yourself in a way to catapult up the wild card standings soundly with good reason and logic behind those decisions to make a trade to add on. And you just didn't. And now you're just hoping that the guys do it for you. The team that you did not bet on that you said, hey, we're going to sell a little bit of your stock here. Hopefully you guys can still figure it out. I don't know. It just the Seawall trade. I'm okay with it from a baseball standpoint. From a human standpoint, it feels like a slap to the face with the lack of additions that they also attempted or attempted or did not attempt to make. For me, yeah, and that's that's where the, I think the failure comes in. The Seawall, if if you do just the Seawall trade, I think that's the start of a good process. Yeah, the fact that you stopped there, that's where the problem lies. The fact that you did not go and continue to add is you you basically wasted Paul Seawall. Task failed successfully. You started the task in the right way, did not finish that task how you're supposed to. It's like half the videos I was going to make for this channel. Exactly. You know, I started it. <laughs> they never saw the light. Never, of never came to fruition. So let's talk a little bit about some of the word vomit that came from the Mariners GM and their president of baseball operations. Let's start first and foremost with Jerry saying that the calls on the young starting pitchers was more uh, smoke than fire, and they never even got to exchanging names. What do you think about that? I I want I don't want to be too you know over the top of it, but that that feels like to me. Mm -hmm. That does not seem accurate in the slightest, especially with like you know the trade between the the Guardians and the Rays, Savali for Manzardo, and the report being that Gilbert was the other one that was being considered by the Rays for acquiring him. That does not feel like just smoke. That feels like a bit more you know a little bit more kindling, a little bit more stoke in the fire there. There's coals in that bed. And I don't know. It just doesn't doesn't feel honest, which is not a it's another step in the wrong direction it would feel like. And maybe the Wu and Miller conversations would be more like smoke, especially finding out that Brendan Donovan was having season-ending surgery that we didn't really kind of foresee happening. I mean, who could have predicted that one, you know what I mean? And those ones I feel like maybe, but I feel like the Gilbert conversations, maybe not even just with the Rays, maybe the Orioles were a part of that conversation as well with how stacked their minor league system is. That felt like a little bit more substantial than what Jerry was letting on. And in my opinion, if let's say what Jerry's saying is true and they never even got to exchanging names, that's you're, you did a terrible job as a general manager yeah, and yeah. as a president of baseball operations, you did yourself and the baseball team a disservice by not seeing what's even by not even exploring what's out there for these guys, especially seeing like, the returns on the final day. You could have gotten a bag for any of those guys, not saying that we would have wanted it, 
you know, you know, in hindsight, I would have hated to see any of those three guys go. But if you can get even a similar return, you know, a couple steps down for Emerson Hancock, who may not even figure into your rotation picture come next year, if Wu and Miller stay the path and Robbie Ray returns in July and you figure out something there, where's Hancock figure? Probably better on another team and you get some value from him. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I just don't, I just don't get it. It, it. It's like I said, it is you, that is the one spot where I'd be like, you didn't do your job. Like, Plain and simple, you did not do your job. And like you said, if it's Emerson Hancock, sure. I mean, are you going to get Monzardo for Emerson Hancock? No, but no. you can get, like, if you go talk to the Rays about, I don't know, their number 15 prospect, number 10 prospect, are Something. you going to get that for Emerson Hancock? Possibly. Mm-hmm. And Lo- Logan Gilbert, if you're calling the Rays and offering, they need, uh, it seems like they would have probably started the conversation if we're talking minor leaguers, Curtis Mead. Yeah, probably would have started the conversation. Curtis Mead and Manzardo definitely would have been in the circle of names that the Rays would have been offering and that Jerry and Justin should have been looking at to acquire. Mm-hmm. And so if 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 they would have come out and said, hey, yeah, you know, we got calls on Logan. We talked names and whatnot, but we just never got there. We just didn't like the packages. I'm fine with that. More than fine with that. It feels more organic and natural and just like mm-hmm. honest if that's the case. Because you're betting on Logan there. Like, you really are. You're betting that he's going to be better than the guys you would have got back. 100%. But because you're saying that you didn't even exchange names, you're just saying, nah, you're not even, like, giving the opportunity to say, maybe I could have made this team better. To potentially improve your ball club. 100%. I think the one thing that I appreciated the most out of the radio call or whatever it was, I disassociated for, like, an hour and a half after I ended stream. So forgive me if my interpretation of things is wrong, but... The comments about Tom Murphy, they felt very genuine. They felt very keen into what I would have wanted out of the entirety of that message. And it's talking about how valuable Tom Murphy is to the club and how much he means in terms of just a clubhouse guy, but also like heart and heart and soul of the team. In that same way, then you're what does that say about like your opinion about Paul Seawalt for that? And I know he made comments saying, like, we love Paul, blah, blah, blah. Maybe he'll come work with us in the front office one day. If I'm seeing that comment about Tom Murphy and I'm Paul Sewald, I'm probably a little bit upset if I'm if I'm being real. Because that goes to show that they value that position more than yourself. Or maybe it's the value is more intrinsic in the idea that you have more of a surplus in the bullpen. And maybe I'm reading too much into, like, the emotion sides of it, but... I liked what I saw from the comments about Tom. I would love to have seen a little bit more maybe about Paul. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, we still could, you know. Sure. It's, yeah, the, the press reports definitely aren't done by any means. Yeah. But and the that, initial reaction for me, I was like, oh, that's great. But it felt like there should have been like a part two, like a well, secondary and, thing. And Hollander did say like him and Tom are really good friends off the field. Or not Tom, him and Paul are really good friends mm-hmm. off the field. And he said that it was crushing and like it was yeah. the worst thing that he did that day. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I don't know. It's I think that another thing from one of the one of the radio things that Hollander said was we feel like we made this team better offensively. How do you know that? You can't you guarantee it. You can't guarantee. Is Josh Rojas any better than the platoon of Caballero and Colton Wong? It's not hard to be better, but hmm. I mean, you know, it, game one over four or. Oh, for four, right? There's no for four. Looked like Colton Wong up there, yeah, didn't he? No, I mean, there was a moment where he hit a ground ball, and I was like, Colton Wong could have done that. You know, I'll be, you know, get, give the guy time to settle in. Right. We're not, we're right, not right, ready right. to, you know, throw stones at him yet. But 
And if you are basing, and to be fair, Canzone smashed two balls to the basically deepest part of the field in mm-hmm. left field, Oppo. Yeah. I mean, he looked like... He looked comfortable at the plate. Mm-hmm. Not, but, not, not in the not outfield. Not in the field. Oh, God, no. But <laughs> yeah. if you are one of the idiots in our comments, or the idiots on Twitter, basing Dominic Canzone on his now 16 games played in the major saying he's not a major league hitter, you're stupid. Yeah, you gotta let the process happen a little bit. Imagine if we would have done that off of Julio Rodriguez. Terrible. First 16 games. Oh, well, may as well release him. Mm-hmm. Ah, bad, 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 bad baseball player. We need to fire our scouting department. Just see the fat old guys sitting there with their beer bellies and their white hair. Not a kid zone. Doesn't hit for a high average. Nope. Half of, half of our viewers just unsubscribed, but that's fine. That's I fine. I don't care. Good, good riddance. <laughs> I I don't know, but nonetheless, bringing this kind of full circle here, the Seattle Mariners front office did not do their job for the MLB trade deadline. That that is plain and simple. There there's no two ways around it. This team is not better than they were before the deadline. They're not, and you could argue if anything, if anything, they're basically right where they were. Sure, Trent Thornton came in and was decent. I yeah, mean, his his, his curveball or you know his breaking pitches were he made Yu Chang slam his bat down into the earth yeah. trying to make it you know stick in, but yeah, yeah. And to be honest, at this point that we're kind of getting used to that, we're kind of getting used to the Mariners picking up another team's trash and making them a great reliever. Yeah. So replacing Paul Seawald again. My personal feelings about Paul aside, from a pure baseball standpoint shouldn't be that difficult and people are greatly overvaluing what a closer means to a baseball team it's the fact that they did not add on top of that that's the problem yeah we think the paul seawald trade was good good enough from a pure for a from a pure baseball standpoint it was good human standpoint we there, there's yeah. more to talk about there but the fact they didn't add on to that that is what we have a problem with it's not the paul seawald trade it's it's not the the Edward Bizardo trade. Yeah. Speaking I, of, you know, taking trash from someone and making them into a treasure for us, the, you know, the superlatives on Bizardo's stuff, I feel like rings a similar bell to Justin Topa in the offseason when we acquired him. So I would not be surprised if we just somehow managed to turn Bizardo into another guy with a weird, funky arm slot and a slider that moves 20 inches away from right handed batters. And then a cutter that goes the opposite way. Or no, not a cutter. Mm-hmm. A two-seamer that cuts back in on those same right-handed batters. They can develop pitching. They can fix bullpen arms. It's the addition of anything else outside of those two bullpen arms. Like, all we did was trade bullpen pieces. We traded Paul Seawald. And things we got back were Trent Thornton, Ed, you know, Bizardo, and then two maybe offensive guys at this point that aren't clear upgrades. Yeah. And I think that kind of showed in the second game in Boston. I I mean, you know, it's so hard to kind of justify everything moving around because, you know, even if you do bring in a trade that day, that guy's not going to be there to play for your team in the second game. So would it have made a difference had they acquired Tommy Pham instead? No. Would the big hit have come? Maybe not. But it's hard to really tell whether or not another move would have won them, you know, the game on August 1st. Mm-hmm. What matters is it, the, the next game's going forward. You need to win August 2nd. You need to win the series against Boston. Yeah. 
And going back a little bit to the Bizarro trade, not a whole lot to talk about here. But if you're complaining about the Bizarro trade, you're just looking for something to be mad about. Yeah, that's it, plain and simple. It's a nothing now, trade. If you're complaining about the fact that that's one the only trade they made on deadline day, then that's another story. Mm -hmm. But being mad at Edward Bizarro and Logan Reinhardt, no, you're looking for something to complain about. But if you're again, it's all about the process. It's it's completely about the process that they had for this trade deadline. Horrible, the the worst process I have seen at a trade deadline in years. Plain and simple, it is terribly done by the Mariners, especially when you're literally playing teams in front of you right now with the Red Sox and the Angels. It's mm -hmm. stupid. You already won the the season series against the Blue Jays, so if you somehow end up in a tie with them, you take that spot. Yep. It just the it makes no sense that you did not go out and add at least one offensive piece. Literally. A complex league player for Tommy Pham, and we'd be having a completely different conversation. Mm -hmm. Completely different. It's all it would have taken. Hell, Josh Bell got traded. He's not good, but... It's something, know. right? It's yeah, something it's that's something. a major league player where that guy in the complex league isn't going to touch the major leagues for four years, probably. Mm -hmm. Unless you're yeah. Lazaro Montez and you're going to be here by 2026. By tomorrow. Lazaro yeah. Montez. <laughs> but, I don't know, like... The Mariners are still playing too much for tomorrow when they are very much in it in 2023. Like Joe just said, this yeah. is you, you could have traded. You traded Logan Reinhardt for Edward Bizarro. I keep wanting to call him Anthony Bastardo. I know, Good man. Lord. It's been like eight hours. Edward Bizarro. Uh -huh. That is more of a play for now because Logan Reinhardt was in single A. Bizarro was pitching in the big leagues. Not a great trade. Like, I don't I don't care. I, I do not care one bit about that trade. Yeah then neither should anyone else. Fact of the matter, until Bizarro comes in and is pitching in the Major League bullpen, don't care. Yeah, it shouldn't matter. So there were also rumors. One of the things that Jerry DePoto said was that Ryan Bliss could be up with the Major League club by the end of the year. That's crazy to me. Interesting, yeah. I don't know if I'm on track with that. I would like to see him get developed a little bit more, I feel like, at the AAA level. Obviously, you know, PCL, we all know, is a hitters-friendly league. Is The Reno Aces, are they in the PCL? Yeah. Okay. He was hitting 198 at AAA. He was mashing AA, but he was hitting below 200 at AAA. So I don't know where they're at with that development. If they're just, you know, they're willing to take the raw talent and the skills that they saw at AA when, you know, they've been scouting or whatever scouting reports are coming over from Arizona. I, I would, I don't know. It just feels almost like a little, sh like too quick for mm -hmm. me, but. Agreed. Yeah. And I mean, Again, this could all just be word vomit from Jerry DePoto to try and justify. Save face. Yeah. Yeah. Save face. Oh, what do you mean? We got three major leaguers in that trade smile. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, no, you didn't. Yeah. Like, you got Josh Rojas has not really played much like a major leaguer this year. Canzone has 16 major league games. Mm -hmm. And Ryan Bliss probably shouldn't be in the big leagues this year. No, you didn't. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I think that Canzone and Rojas are fine for the major league team. It's just. So. It'd be interesting to see Ryan Bliss at second base, especially if Rojas plays like he has been all year. Yeah. And, and Caballero continues to struggle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then sure, I guess. Why not? But yeah. So we ever hear anything about Jake Shiner? Nothing. I don't think a single word Weird. about Shiner in general. I think it was probably just like a precautionary thing just in case. But yeah. You know, or maybe. Yeah, I really I don't know. But Cutter Crawford, so Logan Gilbert tomorrow. Today. Yeah. You know. Mm -hmm. Cutter Crawford's been okay this year, and the last time out against the Giants, he went five and two thirds, struck out seven, only gave up one earned. Could 
the Mariners, you know, be able to jump on him? Maybe. Maybe if Cal wants to hate on an AL East team a bit more, like he seems to have done pretty well this year. Logan Gilbert, I trust to, you know, him to have a better outing than I I would say George and Bryce Miller against this Red Sox team. George got spoiled by foul balls in game one. It was unfortunate his pitch count just kept getting driven up. And then, you know, Miller, I feel like he just needs to work on his stamina. Loses his fastball velo. And with that, it's a lot. It's just way flat. His fastball is just so flat coming in and just gets smacked around. Just doesn't have the secondary pitches to kind of justify losing that velo right now. But Gilbert, need him. Big time in game three. And then it's out to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when you look at this ball club right now, what we have is what we've got for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Like this, this is what what you're looking at right now is the Seattle Mariners baseball club that is trying to make it to the postseason in 2023. I think the only other change you can really say is whoever's going to be the sixth starter, essentially, to alleviate Wu's innings. If that's mm-hmm. the case, right? If that continues, and you know, is if Wu's starting to slog a little bit because his innings are reaching an all-time high if that's emerson hancock coming up if that's darren mccacken if that's tommy malone that's the only real change i would say is probably coming outside of small bullpen moves to get guys in there that can actually throw innings because you just used your optionable guys in a game the day before or an injury or sure you know right (laughs) god forbid the obvious yeah (laughs) yeah so how do you feel about how do you think the lineup should be constructed right now? I'm fine with the top four staying the same with Cal being the mm. four hitter. Number five, I don't think Canzone should be five. Not yet. Mm. I would probably honestly with Ty coming back up, maybe move Ty there or Tao, and then Canzone six, and then either Ty or Tao seven. And then your DH if it's Murphy. It's hard because there's a lot of like, you know, mm. bats that are all swinging at, swinging at, at the right point, time. You- you have Canzone DHing. Oh, true. Unless you're putting him in left. Unless I'm putting him in left Marlo. That's a good point. Ooh. You know, line of construction is getting funky because Marlo's been playing well. And he's hitting like 293 or something like that. Who hits yesterday? Playing decent enough defense out there, better than Canzone was in right the first game. Mm. 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 Interesting. Yeah. And But then that means that Tom Murphy's not getting as many at bats. Yeah. Mm. who's been one of your hottest hitters so yeah what are you i mean canzone's probably DHing, huh canzone's probably gonna hit eight the roster was better before the seawall trade <laughs> it made more sense and then yeah and then i i think you have rojas hitting nine yeah the reason as, as your second baseman rojas or caballero either one mm-hmm. i don't mind Cade marlowe in the nine spot i think that he, you know he kind of flips the lineup over he's like a second leadoff hitter kind of what jp was when julio was leading off yeah but yeah, I don't know. The the roster construction right now, it'll be interesting to see kind of how they juggle because Canzone's probably best suited as a DH. Mike Ford's best suited as a DH. Mm-hmm. Um, Al Murphy, when Cal's catching, is a DH. So, you know, I think that Mike Ford's probably gone, in my opinion. I, I would not be shocked to see Mike Ford by when the Mariners come back from the Angels series. Gone. Wouldn't be shocked. Gone, huh? He's not providing anything right not now. Not providing, yeah. I feel like the bench bat idea of like a pinch hit, like Matt Stairs vibes could be, you know. Well, right now he is. I know he's not doing anything. He's Adam Dunn, but not the fun parts of Adam Dunn. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I guess at that point you bring up Haggerty because he's hitting well down in AAA. So, 
Yeah. Because mm-hmm. now Canzone can be your backup first baseman. Yeah, and Mike Ford. Mike Ford's reign of terror is over. It's so sad. Yeah. And then pitching staff, I mean, nothing really changed. Thornton's in the in the pen, pen now. So mm-hmm. uh, otherwise you got Campbell, Sweet, Saucedo, Spire, Topa, Brash, Munoz. That's really the only change there is Thornton. Uh, your bench is still Murphy, Moore, Cavi, and Ford right now. Mm-hmm. If if you think that, you know, Canzone is DHing for you and Marlowe's playing left. So yeah. I don't know. That that is that is the lineup. That is the roster that's gonna take us to the promised land, folks. I sure hope so. Joe broke down the Paul Seawall trade. It's on the screen now talking a little bit more about Canzone, Rojas, and Bliss. Be sure to check that one out. Appreciate you guys watching episode 19 of the Hit It Here podcast and go Mariners. <laughs>